You're listening to Blue Collar CEO, the podcast that's all about helping you build a better, more profitable, and more sustainable home service business. Each week, we will cover a different topic that'll help you enable your company to move forward to success. And here's your host, Ryan Redding. What is up, Blue Collar CEOs? It is Ryan. It's good to be with you today. I am really excited to introduce you to somebody who uh, you've probably seen this person's name uh, in various uh, companies, various uh, groups on Facebook, but also you probably have seen the impact of this person's work. We're going to be talking a lot about PR and specifically how you can, instead of paying for all the things that people say about you, paying for a lead, paying per click, paying for whatever how to actually grow your business by using earned media and earned attention. So let's hop right in here. This is going to be a great episode. Heather, I have been looking forward to, uh, to meeting you. This is our first time meeting face-to-face. I, I'm so glad that you took the time to, to stop by because I know you're crazy busy. For, for the boys and girls at home who are listening right now, uh, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, My name's Heather Ripley. I started Ripley PR, uh, which is a public relations agency specializing in the skilled trades. I started that in 2013. And um, prior to that, um, for about 20-ish years now, I've done all kinds of marketing and PR. And in 2008 and 9 is really where I got my start in the home service industry. And 2008, I took a job at Clockwork Home Services, which was then the parent company of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky. Okay, so yeah, not a small company. I'm curious. I want to go back a little bit because um, obviously you work in the trades. A lot of our guys uh, that we work with in the trades, this show is for guys that are blue-collar CEOs, right? A lot of people might not know what even PR means. You're just like, hey, you've been doing it for a while. Help, like maybe Take a big view for someone who doesn't know what PR is. How do you describe it to them? The easiest way to describe it is it is a tactic of marketing, which everybody gets. Everybody in the home service industry gets marketing. Um, PR is different because it's earned media instead of paid media. So this is where you are getting a journalist or a TV reporter to interview you as part of a story or an editorial piece um, as news. So it's not an it's not a TV ad, it's a TV segment, an interview, or it's a newspaper. Which, yeah, which like by its nature is very different, right? Because people are used to like I don't say defensive, but they tune out ads, right? They yeah, just kind of like more it's just more. a noise filter. Yeah. But when it's a story, when it's something where hey, so and so company did something newsworthy or of honorable uh, renown it makes you want to pay attention. What, uh, there was a marketer back in the fifties in San Francisco. What did he say? It's, uh, uh, everyone sees advertising, the bad advertising. You don't even pay attention to the good advertising makes you want to read it. It's something along those lines. Um, yeah, that's interesting how you describe it. Okay. So how, how did you go from PR, which in the way you describe it, probably most people don't think of many news reporters going to their shop to talk about them. How did you land to even do that with the trades? Yeah, well, at Clockwork, you know, I was hired to help sell franchises. So PR, we were getting PR in the trades. We were interviewing our successful franchise owners. 
getting a lot of interest for the franchise opportunity. But I quickly realized that our current franchise owners didn't really leverage PR in their local market at all. And they didn't know how. Um, I still think even, you know, what is it, 12 years later, I, I think that it's still kind of the Wild West. Um, it's just not understood in this industry, but it's so powerful because journalists need stories. Um, if you think yeah, about they're them, always needing something, right? Oh, yeah. And when you watch TV with a weather change, um, you've got freezing pipes type stories. You've got preparing your home for vacation. You've got the holidays coming up. What can you put down the disposal? There's a lot of stuff out there that's really good content. That is PR for your company if you tell the journalists the right way. So that's where okay. we come in. Uh, so I'm kind of curious. Um, that that makes sense. And right, when you think about like, okay, if it's if it's cold outside, whatever, right? You think, sure, pipes are going to freeze if you're in an area that has that problem. Uh, so what if what if someone's struggling to get the correlation between, okay, I can see why they would want to talk about the news, but I'm not going to get any leads from it. And help them understand like what sort of practical impact could something like a smart and integrated PR strategy do for the business? Can mm-hmm. help, do you have examples of like the impact that brings? Yeah, of course. And, you know, people, business owners want PR for different reasons. They want to either position their company for acquisition later. Um, they want to build brand recognition in their market. Um, they want to compete more. So there's a lot of different reasons you can use PR. You can um, use it to show that you're giving back to the community. Um, It doesn't give you a a strict dollar for dollar ROI like marketing does, which a lot of um, savvy home home service business owners want. They want to be able to um, to show how many leads they got from something. You know, yeah, they want to run a report and be like, yeah. cost per lead or cost of book job on this channel. Yeah, exactly. You have to look at it more as a, as a long-term branding game because ultimately PR is more valuable long-term, but it's harder to show that ROI on a consistent dollar basis. Yeah, I I would agree. And I would, uh, I would say in some ways it's similar to like top of funnel marketing in general, right? So even, even purchased, I know we're talking about earned, but even paid TV, billboard, media, those are the same things where it's very hard to do a direct lead attribution just by the nature of the channel. Uh, But to the point of like PR, like hearing you talk about what sort of impact this would bring, I remember, was it 2018 Hurricane Harvey in Houston? I don't remember. Yeah, Yeah, all my Houston friends are going to hate me for not knowing that. But Hurricane Harvey come through and I I previously lived in Houston. I have an idea of like scale of the geography there. Right. And I remember watching the news and talking with friends about the flooding. And if you're just watching this, you know, if you're in the middle of Indiana watching this on your couch, it just looks like floodwater. It's no big deal. You don't have an idea of how large of an area and how many families were impacted. And so one of the plumbers we worked with was like, I want to raise money. I want to do something. Uh, He did a campaign. Uh, I think he, I think he called it eight thousand dollars in eight days, and just basically said it was for his customers. It went on Facebook, right? Just hey, we're donating eight thousand dollars of our money. We're going to encourage our customers to match this in the next eight days. We're going to be raising this and sending it down to Houston. Uh, 
just what you described. Local news found out about it. I think two or three stations uh, found out about it, reached out, scheduled interviews, a whole nine yards. Yes, he got his face on the news. But that wasn't the cool part. Yes, the money was raised. Yes, people are helped. Yes, the news came out, yada, yada, yada. The cool part is, to this day, two or three years later, whenever that was, he literally still gets phone calls where people say, I've never used you before. I remember you did this campaign on the on the news for the hurricane victims. I thought that was so cool. I wrote down your name in case I ever needed you. And like instantly, trust is high. Uh, the If you go quantitative, like these are high ticket jobs typically. There's something where they don't just want to do a budget guy. They want to make sure that this counts. Like there's a, an emotional connection that the customer has. To this day, like years later, he's still getting the impact of this in your like the earned media um, and practically it cost him $8,000 of donations, you know, like everything else that's followed uh, was free. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, so you, you kind of cut your teeth at clockwork. So mainly for, uh, for the franchise, but then later going, Oh, this is something that just the actual franchise franchisee. franchisee? Yeah. Fran- yeah. Franchisee. I was getting backwards. Which one's a franchisee? Which franchisor one's a franchisee? is the parent company. Okay, so just you saying that, I'm not going to remember. I'm just not. <laughs> I always get them backwards. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> uh, um, so what? So when you start working with companies and you start talking about, hey, these opportunities to earn media. Um, let's say someone, uh, someone has never done this, and maybe this is the first time they've even had this idea that this is possible. Mm-hmm. Can you give like a couple stories of like what clients of yours have done like to help get more creative fires going in these guys' heads? Yeah, and they can rest assured that they don't need to have the ideas. <laughs> um, if if they hire a PR agency or a good PR person, they're going to come up with those ideas. We call a it good PR person like encourages and nurtures like they're doing yeah. the brain cycling, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're just planting seeds. Like if your technicians are out in the field and they ever see something like this, let us know. Um, we've worked with companies that are, you know, super savvy when it comes to PR. And they take pictures of little baby deer next to HVAC units and stuff like that um, and send to us. Or we've worked with companies that kind of like pulling teeth to get the information out of them. Um, we can be successful with both. But we like to train our clients to think a little bit differently when it comes to PR. So what we do is we'll, we'll work with the company. We put together a calendar of press release topics for maybe six months at a time. And we talk to them. What do you actually have that's newsworthy? Are you adding a service line? Are you um, changing your company name? Are you rebranding your trucks? Those are, are you moving offices? Those are actually hard news. They're real. Um, Then we supplement that with maybe some growth stories or um, sometimes recruiting stories make sense. Sometimes it's piggybacking on something like National Electrical Safety Month um, or an anniversary of a hurricane. You know, there, there are a lot of things that we can do to kind of create some um, news, if you will. And we're, our team is always looking at weather. We're always looking at national trends. We've had clients interviewed on NPR about um, national trends that they're seeing in their local markets or 
you know, there's a lot of different things you can do. But the the business owners don't actually have to come up with the content. Sometimes they'll call us and say, um, we have a plan to donate, you know, to a children's hospital. How can we maximize this? And once we start talking to them, we find out they're doing all kinds of stuff that they should be telling people. So um, often they kind of know they should be doing something, but they're not sure how to do it. And they're not sure how how to do it when it doesn't feel self-serving because I don't think anybody likes yeah, it. Yeah, I do know guys like that. Like they want to do good things, but mm-hmm. they also want to feel like they're doing those good things for altruistic reasons, not uh, for profit reasons. And I, I get the complex. Okay, let me ask because uh, I there's got to be people listening right now who I, be, I bet I probably know a couple right now who are listening and thinking, this sounds cool, but the last thing I want to do is open my my company to public scrutiny because uh, we already get it on the chin on Facebook, right? Our prices are always high. We're always trying to clean up our reputation. The last thing I want to do is create another opportunity for somebody to smear us through the mud. What do you say to people like that? <laughs> it's funny you say that because it reminds me of a an actual situation that I had. I think this was in 2000. It was after I left Clockwork, so about 2009, 10, maybe. I was working for an agency, and we had a client who refused to let us create social media pages for the brand because they didn't want to be talked about poorly online. And we we could not get them to understand that people are already talking about you. You want, to control, you want to control your side of the story, and you want to control the narrative. Um, they just could not understand that without creating a Facebook page for the company that other people could still talk about them. So that's kind of what you're, what you're hinting at, I guess. But, um, you know, what we found is that when a company does proactive, positive PR, meaning they're, they're doing the right things, they're getting some positive coverage when not if, but when a crisis situation happens, it goes away a lot faster. Um, if the media representatives are kind of familiar with the brand, they'll sometimes do kind of, um, I don't want to say favors. That's not the right word, but, um, they'll think a little differently. Can I give you a quick example of that? Oh, totally. Yeah. Go for it. So, um, we worked with a company about six or seven years ago. Um, unfortunately, one of the technicians was arrested for murder. And unfortunately, he was arrested in front of the the branded truck. Um, you know, of course, that story had nothing to do with the brand, but it became part of the story. Totally. Um, you know, we reached out to the media and because of this relationship with that brand and this media outlet, every they took that picture down. But every future picture that was posted of this guy, they cropped the truck out of the image. Mm. So you that's not something you can really come out and ask them to do. But if you have that relationship already and they know you, they're they're going to think about how that makes you look as a company. Um, We've also had situations where um, a former employee, a disgruntled employee calls the media outlet to try to get to stir something up. But it's a good company. They've done positive stories on it. The media just killed the idea right away. So there are situations where it just goes away. 
it's crazy how uh like i would lump the impact of that like broader than just pr 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 in that case is like the the mechanism by which the goodwill was generated but the power of just a positive brand in general right of the uh it's people have emotional attachments and we forget that businesses and news stations they're ran by people and we Mm -hmm. still make emotional responses um and that is the power of branding if somebody if somebody's listening um yeah because it seems like they could be all over the spectrum they could be people who are like you said they're they're afraid of kind of opening up their company at public scrutiny or they have a great image. Like maybe their Google reviews are great, but maybe they've never thought about using PR. Are there, are there two or three tips that you could give to anybody based on where they currently are to start integrating uh, PR into their marketing mix? Yeah. And I, I tell companies that there's, it's never too early to start PR. You should start thinking about PR from the day you open your door. Um, I would say that the easiest thing for them to do, if it's a small company, maybe they don't have a marketing person yet, reach out to the media and just introduce yourself Mm. as a source. Um, If you do this the wrong way, they're going to, you know, if you email them, they're going to forward your email to the advertising department. Um, If you have a marketing person trying to do PR, they're probably going to share too much of a marketing message, not enough of a journalistic message. And the message is going to get forwarded to the advertising department. You got to think like a journalist and remember that journalists have a job to do. And that's tell a story that's beneficial to their readers, whether it's educational or it's kind of a public service announcement. Put that hat on instead of a marketing hat. So making the journalist job easier. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of if you want to push drain cleaning. Instead of reaching out to the newspaper and saying, hey, um, this month we're doing a $99 drain clean, they're going to say, talk to the ad department. We'll we'll give you an ad. But if you say, hey, did you know that these are the um, five to 10 most common things that people put in their drains and, you know, something like that is a story where you become a source or an expert. That's an awesome point of advice. And you think about like even using something uh, like a a public holiday, right? So Thanksgiving, for instance. Hey, did you know that make up a number 120% of every clog that ever happens in the world happens on Thanksgiving Eve? Um, Plumbers probably have have that now. Brown Friday is coming up. You know, that's this. That's always a thing. Um, But you know that the journalist is going to be inclined to pick up the story because it's coming and they need the content. Mm -hmm. I, I, quick sidebar. I feel like people would be shocked from journalists to magazine publishers, to newspapers, to uh, blog writers or websites of how desperate these guys always need content. They always need stuff to write about. They need ideas. Yeah. They have to do the thing. And you're like, man alive. If you throw people good ideas, they'll run with it for you. Uh, I digress. Um, you also have have a book. Uh, do you yes. want to talk about, about this awesome new release you've got? Yeah. So I was, uh, over the years, I've been fortunate to work with several, you know, big home service companies, small home service companies. Um, you know, we also represent a lot of the B2B brands in the space. We've worked with Service Titan for many, many years. We've worked with um, XOI Technology and Schedule Engine. 
Um, but for the home service contractors, I, I wrote a book called Next Level Now. Subtitle is PR Secrets to Drive Explosive Growth for Your Home Service Business. The book is specifically written for home service business owners. Um, I felt like this was an opportunity to help far more people. Um, mm. You can do a lot of this stuff yourself, but I think that you'll see at a certain point in your business, it becomes the right thing to do for your business to hire a PR person. And I talk in the book about the differences between advertising, marketing, branding, and PR. They're all important and you should be doing all of them, but they all work together and how they work together in harmony. Um, some of the mistakes that companies have made, how to prepare for an interview. Let's say the TV media calls you. What, you know, what do you wear? How do you stand? How do you sit? Do you really have to put makeup on your face if you're a guy? I'm imagining every possible wrong <laughs> scenario this, and it's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. So the book really is, um, it's a toolkit for growing your business with PR. That is awesome. Uh, so next level now, it is on Amazon. I think we're going to try to put it in the show notes. I'm pointing to the bottom of the screen, which nobody can see because <laughs> this is an audio podcast. Um, Heather, uh, if somebody wants to talk to you more about how they can leverage PR to help grow their blue collar business, how would they reach you? Yeah. Um, email is the best way. It's H Ripley. And my last name is just like Ripley's, believe it or not. It's R-I-P-L-E-Y at ripleypr.com or they can just visit ripleypr.com. We have a contact form on the site. Heather, I know uh, you are crazy busy and you, you dropped a lot of good nuggets. And I think hopefully for a lot of people listening right now, put the idea of PR uh, into a way that maybe they've never thought about before and a way that they can help leverage their brand to maximize, maximize their reach, their goodwill and the impact that they have on their community. Heather, you are awesome. Uh, thank you for coming on here. RipleyPR.com. Uh, and also check out Next Level Now. It's on Amazon. And also at Barnes & Noble, if they're still in existence. <laughs> or is it Borders? Barnes, Borders. I always get them. <laughs> One of them. Yeah, whatever. I don't think Borders exists anymore. So that's the thing. Once Amazon came like Amazon, it's like, all right. But yeah, Heather, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you dropped a lot of good nuggets on us. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Right. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I have nothing to do with anything. I'm just curious to know what you say. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm going to start simple. Let's, let's start simple. Um, what toppings do you put on your hamburger? Um, well, I eat plant-based hamburgers. And I knew I, that was coming. I uh, put usually just lettuce or avocado. So do you do... Uh, avocado is always a, a great topping. Now, when you say plant-based, do you do like the, the bean burger? Do you do the impossible meats? Like what's your preferred meat alternative? I don't like bean burgers. I don't like the consistency. I like beyond burger the best and then impossible burger. So you like, them, you like them beefy. You mm -hmm. just, is it, um, you, I don't want to get personal. Is this like a dietary thing? Is this like an ethical thing? Is this an environmental thing? Like it's more ethical for me because I love animals. But I do Got like it. the taste of meat. So that's why I go for the meat alternatives. Got it. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't have the ethical thing. Sometimes I have the environmental thing. Um, but what's weird is like, I will do like alternative proteins if I just like how they taste. I have no problem with like some mushroom burgers or some tofu like replacements. Those are, some of them are awesome. But if they suck, I struggle. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
It has to taste good. <laughs> it has to taste good, yeah. What, what do you put on your pizza? Um, well, again, I uh, plant-based. There's a lot of options for plant-based pizza toppings. Yeah, I like um, I like mushrooms, garlic, spinach, um, and basil, sea salt, oregano. Oh, that sounds awesome. Would that be like a like a cream sauce, like a butter sauce? What sort of sauce would you do with that then? Tomato sauce. Um, I like. Uh, I'm thinking of Blaze Pizza right now. Oh, totally Blaze. Yeah. yeah I um, for anyone who doesn't have a Blaze, it's kind of like a Subway sandwich is a pizza. Yeah, it's it's really good. There's one not far from us. Um, how do you take your coffee? Um, with just a little bit of soy milk. Soy milk, a little bit of soy milk. Is so okay. Okay. If what was how about this? What was the most recent book you've read? Recent book. Um. Goodness, you know, I I kind of stopped reading because we've been so busy with work. Isn't that crazy? Um, I think the most recent I reread was Great by Choice. I don't know if I've read that one. What's that about? It's it's much better. It's the same author as Good to Great. Um, it's talking about how you um, can grow a business strategically and and how the best businesses grow. I read it a couple times, but I think the last time that I read it was probably January of this year. It's been a while. It's crazy how sometimes rereading it, even if it's in a different just space in your mind, you pick up on different sorts of things on some stuff like that. Yeah. Good to great's a good example of that sort of content. When you're not uh when you're not doing your day job and reading books over and over again and doing your vegan protein replacements, what do you do for fun? I like martial arts. Um, what, what does I, that mean? What kind? I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Nice. Uh, how long have you been doing that? Um, a little over two years. Over two years. So what's your belt? I'm a blue belt with one stripe. Good for you. Uh, those, some of those people in jiu-jitsu are badass. Like, they are. I'm not, but they are. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to watch those guys. Um, and it's also crazy cause it's so different than like something judo, judo or, uh, uh, Taekwondo, right? It's just, it's so interesting how it's, it's a lot of wrestling influence. It's a lot of wrestling. It's in my opinion and a lot of opinions, it's the best self-defense too, because you're going to end up on the ground. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very cool. practical and it kind of practical. approach. If this is my favorite question, cause I'm always curious to see, uh, what people say. If, uh, would you rather, would you rather fight 100 horse-sized ducks or one duck-sized horse? Wait, I did that backwards. 100 duck-sized horses. That's what it is. Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? It's very different now. One, much one horse-sized duck. Why? Okay, you got to walk through this. Why? Well, um, I don't like the idea of killing an animal being a vegan, but um, you only have... It's a kill. Just fight. Just fight. Oh, well... Just have to get away from one thing instead of a hundred. So it's your jujitsu thing coming out. One attacker is better than a hundred midget attackers. Yes. This episode was hosted by Ryan Redding, author of the book on digital marketing for plumbing and HVAC contractors. This show also includes much help from Shelby Nichols. You can subscribe to Blue Collar CEO on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us online at bluecollar.ceo and find us on Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. 